Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like if man evolved from monkeys and apes, why do we still have monkeys and apes? Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio, entertainment, and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea, with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivist and retrobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what story is there for tonight's show. And we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So without any further ado, let us embrace the week's darkness. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather worked out this week that if a synchronised swimmer drowns, then the rest must drown too. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hello. That's very short and sweet. <laughs> we also have with us the analytic. It's not going to be like that when we get the show started. I won't be able to shut you up. I've had to buy a new inappropriate bell because you wore the last one out in the last series. I don't believe you. It's very true. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim has pondered all week why dogs don't like you blowing in their faces but at the first opportunity, stick their heads out of the window of a moving car. Welcome to the show, Kim. <laughs> Hello. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. 
Greg has spent all week wondering why his feet smell, but his nose runs. Welcome to the show, Greg. (laughs) Can you believe we're actually starting Series 2? A brand new series. Lots more news of the paranormal, the strange, the bizarre, backed by popular demand, of course. Uh, We have a brand new studio to work from, so I'm no longer having to tidy up my room my bedroom once a week so that's a good news for us greg has also introduced the word yes into his vocabulary now so isn't that right greg no. <laughs> first use of the inappropriate bell number one actually is a very interesting number it's the atomic number for hydrogen of course it is also the lowest number permitted by players in the national hockey league as zero and double zero have been banned apparently so if dick dastardly ever wanted to play hockey he would have to take one. He couldn't take double zero. And the highest number permitted is 98. So I'm not quite sure why the National Hockey League has banned the number 99. The most you can get is 98. Perhaps any of our listeners could write in and tell me why 99 isn't allowed to be used in a hockey match. The word one can be used as a noun, an adjective and a pronoun. So that's very impressive. And if anyone needs a number one during the course of the show, then they must remember to leave very quietly and not disturb the rest of us in the studio i've got one you've got a number one yes did you know it's the loneliest number is it really i thought zero would be the loneliest number (laughs) (laughs) there's no points to be had this early on in the show disappointing i'm gonna start the show with ghosts and hauntings so a regular round number one there's points to be had of course for being funny for being amazing for being fabulous for shock and awe value so i'm going to start now with a headline that says spooky moment ghost knocks bottle off of bar in a haunted pub captured on security cameras staff at a haunted midlands pub say their security camera footage has captured the moment a ghost pushes a bottle off the bar the short clip appears to show the black currant drink move from the back of the bar it's like the black currant drink is important for some reason they had to highlight that. If it was orange or, or just lemonade, then ghosts would obviously leave that alone. But black currant apparently seems to be the way to go for cordial for ghosts and spirits. But it moved the drink from the back of the bar and dropped over the side of the counter onto the floor at the Old Crown Pub in Birmingham, England. Onlookers can be seen leaning over the bar, baffled at what they've just seen. Witnessed by Andy Lightfoot, 28, and Rudy Jones, 26, the two men admitted they couldn't understand what had happened. It was very freaky, Andy said. We couldn't understand how on earth the bottle toppled over the bar like that. Amy Carter, a 24-year-old barmaid at the Crown, said she had only left the bar momentarily when the incident occurred. I went down to the cellar to get some more spirits, and suddenly I heard a big bang from upstairs. On the subject of barmaids and banging, I have to say... (laughs) What? That's all there in the sentence. I'm not making it up. I was actually on a paranormal investigation many, many years ago. And uh, people that were part of the team I was in, in Luton in North London, will remember this. But we was investigating a very old pub. Because a lot of our pubs and bars go back to the 13th, 14th century. It's quite remarkable. And uh, many of them were haunted, of course, because they were coaching houses originally, like a halfway house where you could water or change the horses and get something to eat and drink. And maybe How do you spend... change your horse? How do you change your horse? <laughs> That's a rather large diaper, I suspect. 
If anyone out there has got a newborn child and they're pondering why, you know, there's lots of greenery and peanut butter, can you imagine having to change the diaper on a horse? You'd have to put a kidney belt on, wouldn't you, just to get it lifted off the ground? Well, this is what happens. Anyway, we're investigating the building and we decide to investigate. We had permission, of course, but it's still a functioning pub. And uh, we went down into the basement and actually caught the barmaid having sex with a patron in the cellar. So that was rather <laughs> embarrassing. So we did hear some knocking on that particular investigation. Terrible. And it was very good of her to fulfil all the stereotypes that are normally attached to barmaids, of course. It says, I immediately rushed back to the bar to see Andy and Rudy leaning over, staring at the bottle on the floor. They told me what happened and I was spooked. It is so weird. They've reportedly seen several spooky sightings at the Old Crown, which dates back from 1368, with some staff even quitting their jobs over fears about ghosts. Isn't it reassuring to know that Britain has been getting drunk and exhibiting poor behaviour since the 14th century? What I will say, though, if people want to see this video, you can actually see this bottle of uh, blackcurrant drink actually moving along the bar and then flying off the bar and onto the floor. And if people wish to see that video of that incident, it is available to view on our Facebook site. If you go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee, you can see all of tonight's stories on our Facebook wall. And that video is there for you to peruse and look at in your own leisure. You might want to explain what a black current is. A black to current. people that don't know. Really? You've no idea what a black current is? Is it ra- raisins? I have no idea. No, raisins see? are shriveled grapes. It's it's a fruit of some sort. Oh, or yeah. A berry. They're, 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 it's a very small berry, and you pick them individually off of a bush, and if you squash them, you know, you get it stained. You can, they make, you know, if you spill blackcurrant on yourself, that's one of the adverts they use on the television for soap powder. You know, it's like blood, blackcurrant, and ketchup, <laughs> you know, and they, they flick it onto I a t shirt. It's, it's blood. And wine, semen, urine, urine. Yeah, just a sounds Black like current. this is like a job description for a biochemist in a hospital. My mother was a biochemist in East London in a hospital, and she seemed to take great pleasure in spending all day looking at semen, urine, and blackcurrant, and blackcurrant. Black, black yeah, it's pretty much. So is that an English thing? Or I didn't realize until this very moment that you have no idea what a blackcurrant is. Do you have Ribena? What? Like a, a, a cordial drink called Ribena that's blackcurrant juice? No. I will get you some blackcurrant juice. Excellent. We will make that happen. Is it alcoholic? No, it's a cordial. I'm it's just like asking. orange squash or, you know, anything. What's a squash? Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> What's this basic English? <laughs> you don't know what orange squash is. Orange juice. Am I the only one, Kim? Freshly squeezed. Butternut squash? Yes, that's right. We, we drink bottles... <laughs> How many butternut squashes would you have to squeeze to get a pint is where I... That's a slippery beast right there. You'd have to squeeze a lot of butternut squash to get a drink, wouldn't you? Is what I'm saying. I squeezed a lot of butt to get a drink. (laughs) I can tell that by looking at you. (sighs) And points for Adrian. Whatever. (laughs) For explaining the English language to people that speak English. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and blackcurrant juice? 200-year-old Mongolian mummy may still be alive, according to Buddhist academic. I bet they're after him for taxis. You're probably right. The first thing that's going to happen if he was proved to be alive is that someone's going to come along and say, you've not paid taxis for 200 years. Where's the money? That's not in the story. Okay. 
Forensic examinations have continued on the amazing remains that are preserved in animal skin, which are believed to be around 200 years old. The Mirror reports that some experts insist that the monk is actually in a rare and very special spiritual state known as tukdom. Known as dying. (laughs) I think all of us at some point are going to reach that really rare spiritual state, which is kicking the bucket. (laughs) Passing on. You sooner than later. Falling off this mortal (laughs) coil. Um, Apparently, this monk is just one stage away from becoming a real-life Buddha. Don't ask. I is this a explain. situation where you throw water over him and he rehydrates himself, gets up, dusts himself off and goes home? Yes, like Ludafisk. There you go. So we're comparing Ludafisk Ludafisk, to a 200-year-old mummified Buddhist monk. He's not a Buddhist monk yet. Okay, he's getting there. Uh, Lama is in the lotus position. The left hand is opened. And the right hand symbolizes uh, the preaching sutra. This is a sign that the Lama is not dead, but is in a very deep meditation according to ancient tradition of Buddhist Lamas. The mirror claimed that there have been 40 similar cases over the last 50 years. I didn't realize Lamas were that talented. I thought they ran around the foothills of the Andes in South America, bleating and trotting about. I didn't realize they were so advanced. They're very advanced. I've not been keeping up with Lama culture. Who knew ruminants could do such things? (laughs) If the person is able to remain in that state for more than three weeks, which rarely happens, his body gradually shrinks, and in the end, all that remains from the person is his hair, nails, and clothes. So if I keep it in the same position for three weeks, it's going to shrivel up. Don't call a doctor. (laughs) All that's going to remain is the hair. I'll be sure to make sure I move it around on a regular basis. Now, usually, uh, in this case, people who live next to the monk see a rainbow that glows in the sky for several days. This means that he has found a rainbow body. This is the highest state close to the state of Buddha. Okay, well, he's well on his way. Buddha, fabulous. (laughs) Very informative, Miss Morris. You sure have. A rainbow monk. You should have two points, and I'll be sure to move it around so it doesn't shrivel up and so the hair just remains. What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings, Kim? Mother outraged over satanic lights on school bus. A Tennessee parent is upset after she says she saw a satanic pentagram on a school bus. The mom said she snapped a photo of the brake light on a Durham School Services bus in Cordova. So someone put this on a brake light, did they? Or did the brake lights just come like this? No, they I'm, come like that. They, you're really yes. It, you can look at a picture of it. It it kind of does, but not not. It's your typical LED brake light, is what it is. But it's in the shape of a pentagram. It's no, she's matrixing and okay. it yes. makes well, it look like let's, it. Let's carry on then. I just wanted to uh, get some clarification on whether it was actually a made object or whether someone was messing around. Anyone who fears a God, if not God and Jesus Christ, should be outraged, said the mother, who was not identified because she is reportedly receiving death threats after sharing the photo <laughs> on social media. We'll be getting some death threats now for reading it out. By the way, if anyone's listening to this, it's Kim who's reading this out. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Greg, Heather or myself. Uh, The mother says it's appalling. The brake lights are shaped like a pentagram. If you can't put a cross on there, you can't put a pentagram on it. The woman pointed to Walgreens' decision last year to remove wrapping paper from its shelves because images on the paper appeared to be those of swastikas. (laughs) 
We were, There's nothing better, is there, than Nazi-themed wrapping paper? Wow. We Would we allow a swastika, for instance, to be on the back of the bus, said the mother? One woman who identified herself as a practicing Wiccan look at, looked at the photo and said it did look like a pentagram. Oh, well, they would go with that then. But she says the symbol is the same for her faith as the cross is for Christians. I was under the impression, and I'm happy to be proven wrong, that a pentagram was for protection. I thought you drew a pentagram if you believe in a pagan faith and it protects you. I didn't realize it was an object that was going to be, you know, reviled as such. I know people disagree with with paganism if you come from a fundamentalist kind of right-wing Christian perspective, but ultimately a pentagram is a symbol of protection, I thought. And it was only necessarily satanic if it's arranged in such a way that two of the points are facing upwards, they which are. makes the horns of the devil. Right. And they are on the bus. They they are. But okay, I'll take it all back then. It is satanic, yes. The school buses <laughs> are, in fact, the devil's work. And when you get onto them, you are disappearing into the seventh levels of hell via Dante's Inferno. It's like um, this is an arrangement of seven LED lights. Okay. And it just happens to look like it. I kind of showed Kim a picture of it. She's making something out of nothing. So we can get this on our website, on our Facebook site, and people can view the back end of a bus. Yes, but it's ridiculous. Heather says it's ridiculous. So we are throwing that story out. (laughs) On the back of that, Kim only gets one point. And you've got Heather to thank for saying that your story is ridiculous. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just here to collate the scoring. I have one more story in the round of Ghosts for Hauntings. It says, Ghosts that haunt UK woman cast fishy smell of fear and foreboding. I really like the, I like these short, sharp, snappy uh, titles that these newspapers give these. The living are often alerted to a ghostly presence by footsteps, knocking on walls or ceilings, objects that seemingly move by themselves and occasionally actually seeing the ghost, but smells... Well, United Kingdom ghost hunter Laura Dixon, 27, is actually alerted to a ghost by smell, a ghost smell that she believes has been following and haunting her since she was 10 years old, and the ghost smells of fish. Perhaps she should take a bath. Well, this is going to be discussed at some depth at some point during the story. (laughs) The fishy-smelling ghost always appeared right before something bad happened, said Dixon. Ever since I was little, I've sensed spirits around me. I'd pick up on presences in the room. There is a presence in the room, isn't it, if you're going to get a fishy smell. And the fishy smell would come as a warning. The ghost, along with its fishy smells, has preceded tragic events in Laura Dixon's life, such as when she found out a family friend was dying or that her grandmother had just been rushed to the hospital. I remember one time my mum rang to tell me about a close relative who'd been rushed to hospital after suffering a stroke, said Dixon. In a way, the fishy-smelling ghost, whiffy warning, had helped me to prepare. A whiffy warning? A whiffy warning ghost. <laughs> so instead of fearing the fishy-smelling ghost... Say that three times. <laughs> a genie will appear and you know it. If I said that three times, I'd end up saying a swear word and we'd be taken off air at the beginning of our first episode of Series 2. Especially now that it has been following her for 10 years. Laura Dixon has now learned to embrace it, heeding the ghostly fishy smell as a warning that trouble is near, while also becoming a ghost hunter, a fishy smell following her for 10 years. Perhaps this is the ghost of soap and shower gel long since departed and forgotten. (laughs) Or just the ghost of Long John Silver, I have no idea. I wonder if you could just break gas 
and say that you have your grandmother coming through. <laughs> Where have I heard that? Be- smelled that, that before? That's, the last time I contacted your grandmother. <laughs> In other words, when life hands you a smelly ghost, become a ghost hunter. I wonder if you can actually be haunted by a fish. Now, I've done psychic readings and I've been on paranormal investigations where I've had a horse appear. That made the room very small, by the way, when the wolves, the, the wolves, the horse came along. I've seen a dog. I've seen a cat. I've even seen a rabbit in spirit. Now, as a child, unfortunately, I lost many a goldfish because you'd win them at the fair. I mean, goldfish are a very kind of throwaway commodity, or they used to be. So I've lost many a goldfish. What would happen if instead of the rabbit or the cat or the dog or the horse, I had the ghosts of goldfish following me around? That would be fabulous. I could put one in the palm of my hand and depending on which way it kind of flew around and flipped and flopped about, I could read your fortune. Oh, I know where you're going with that. It's true. Isn't there a thing called a... It's a fortune-telling fish. You can get a fortune-telling fish. It's red and cellophane. You can get them in Christmas crackers in Britain. And I'm not about to explain what Christmas crackers are to our American audience. I've already had to go through cordial squash and blackcurrants already in the show. But you put this little cellophane fish in the palm of your hand, and depending on how it manoeuvres and flips and flops around, it reads your fortune. Perhaps we can give some to our listeners. We may well give some away. We shall look into that for next week's show. But if I had a haunted ghostly goldfish of a previous pet, perhaps one called Gavin, Gavin the goldfish, and he was in the palm of my hand, I could do all my readings with my clients with the fish in the palm of my hand. I could look at Gavin. He would move around like he's flopping out, you know, doing sit-ups because he's out of water. And I could say, oh, look at that. You're going on a long journey. Let me look at Gavin more closely and his little tail would twitch. And That's say, terrible. Why is every pet you have named Gavin or uh, Colin? I, mean, I just forget names easily. <laughs> and I miss them, so I call the next one the next one, you know. If they're all called Gavin, then I'll never miss Gavin because there'll always be a Gavin. See how that works? Or in wonder. I shall give myself... Valentine's Day is coming up. <laughs> yes, if you want oral wonder. <laughs> or in wonder. Or in wonder. We're not prescribing oral wonder for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Just Dairy Queen. Just Dairy Queen tends to do it, apparently. (laughs) Heather will put out for a Dairy Queen. This has been established in previous episodes. This brings us to the end of the round of Ghosts and Hauntings. Greg has two points for saying the word no when I wanted him to say yes. I have four points. Heather has two. And Kim has one because Heather dismissed her story early on and thought the whole thing was bunkum. There's another fabulous word. We're going to sprint into the round that is UFOs. Are we keeping you awake, Heather? Yes. Yes, okay. We're going to sprint into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's hairy beasties. It's green men. It's tractor beams. It's strange smells in the woods. It's stones being thrown around. It's uh, probing, for want of a better word. So where are we going tonight, Heather, in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? You are two points off the lead. I don't know where this is at. But I know it happened, if that helps. You know this is true, but you don't know where it Florida. happened. Florida. Florida. Is it Florida? Florida. Ooh, Everything happens in either Florida. I'm just going to say Florida if I don't know from now on. Perfect. It's in Florida. Dead cat escapes grave after being buried alive. Dead cat escapes yeah. grave. Yes. Okay. Zombie cats. This is yes, all we need. Zombie. I've seen a picture and it looked pretty pet cemetery. I'm just saying. Do you have to kill zombie cats nine times or would just the one be sufficient? 
apparently this one, one didn't count. Okay. So you have to do it at least twice. Twice. A cat who was buried after being hit by a car has seemingly come back from the dead after managing to claw himself out of a grave. Bart appeared lifeless after being found in the middle of a road in by Florida. his grief-stricken owner <laughs> and was laid to rest. But five days later, the two-year-old cat was spotted in a neighbor's garden alive despite the animal's serious injuries. He had dug himself out of the grave and slowly made his way back home, albeit weak, dehydrated, and in need of medical attention. Albert Yeah. <laughs> his name's what? Albert? Albeit. Albeit what? What was his last name? Now. Albeit now. If anyone knows an Albert now, do, do write in. I would like... He lives in Florida, um, apparently. Yes. Well, apparently Bart's owner could not afford to pay for all of his injuries, so the Humane Society is actually doing that for him. When Bart was well, part ta- of the injury is the fact that he had a lot of soil thrown on top of him at some point. Uh, well, here's some more of his injuries. Oh, no. When Bart was taken to their animal health care center in Florida, thank you, Kim, um, doctors discovered he had sustained a broken jaw and an open facial wound during the accident. The feisty feline has also undergone surgery, so one of his eyes could be removed. Oh. Uh, vets expect Bart to make a strong recovery, allowing him to return home in the not-too-distant future but with an eye missing and a fear of all things and his whole jaw is like missing it was gross oh dear poor, poor little, little thing this reminds me of a story where uh, a dog i once had brought next door's cat into the house and he had it in its jaws and it was dead oh. so i felt really bad that they i killed. didn't know you had a dog this is true his name was gavin <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I felt my parents felt that you know thought the dog had killed the cat, so they went out and bought another cat that exactly like the one that had died, and put it back next door. And uh, <laughs> the next door neighbours knocked on the door and said, "You won't believe what happened. Our cat died, and we buried it in the garden. We came back today, and the cat's alive again, and it's sitting on the porch. The dog had <laughs> dug the cat up and brought it in dead, and my parents thought he'd killed it. Just see what happened. I don't believe you. It's true. You can ring them up and ask them. Who, the dog? Yes, ring the dog up. <laughs> ask the dog. Get it on the dog and bone. Yes, the dog will verify my story. Uh-huh. If, if, uh, and it will put, his little, rough. It'll put a little paw on a Bible and state on that Bible that that's mm. the gospel truth. I've actually got a story here that actually involves UFOs and cryptozoology. <laughs> Piss off, mine was furry. <laughs> if anyone can write in and tell me how a dead cat in Florida covers UFOs and cryptozoology, it was a zombie cat. It was a zombie cat, and it was furry. You're getting one point then. I, I think that's. <laughs> I think that's more than generous. I wasn't even going to go there. UFO mystery as miners unearth ancient flying saucer. You see why I've managed to get the word UFO and flying saucer into the cryptozoology and UFO round. Mm-hmm. Do these intriguing images show a UFO that fell to planet Earth from outer space thousands of years ago, embedding itself deep in the ground? Well, you can decide for yourself by visiting our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee, where you can see the photograph. The bizarre flying saucer-shaped object was dug up during excavation work by a coal mining company in Siberia, Russia. Archaeologists were called to examine the craft, which the excavators believe is a man-made object, describing it as a mystery. However, sky watchers are convinced it fell from space. 
The unusual object is almost perfectly circular with a diameter of around 1.2 meters and weighs roughly 440 pounds. Excavator Boris Glaskov, 40, who found the object, said, I have to say it wasn't hard to see as it was really distinctive and large. I've never seen anything like this object before. The mining company which owns the object said it had been pulled out of the ground at a depth of 40 metres. Given that it was embedded so deep underground, it could be older than mammoth bones, which have been discovered in the area at a depth of 25 metres. Scientists declined to comment further while the investigation is ongoing, but web users have their own ideas. One commented that it doesn't look man-made to me, and why on earth would a human create such a weird object and bury it so deeply? I think it must come from out of space. It is a very strange object. I've obviously seen the photograph. It looks unnatural. It doesn't look like it could have been formed from nature. It looks like someone's actually had to make it. It's a giant disc. It looks like a flying saucer. So imagine a giant disc with kind of like a little blister or bubble on top, you know, where the control center would be. And it looks like it's been made of stone, but it's incredibly smooth. And as I said, this was 40 meters below the ground so they're not quite sure what it was for where it's come from or how it got so deep into the soil so there is a mystery there but if you wish to see uh, see that object you're more than welcome to go onto our facebook site and make your own mind up and perhaps post comments on what you actually think it is kim what have you got for me in the round of cryptozoology have you got cats that have fallen in front of you have haven't you i can tell the no, way you're looking at me. A UFO. <laughs> no but i'm pretty sure that it involves an alien okay yeah. docks in tizzy over combustible baby <laughs> so a flammable baby has made its way into cryptozoology I and ufos alien genetic We've had two months in between series one to find stories about ufos and cryptozoology i've managed it I had a zombie cat. Okay. He just put the word UFO into his own sentence. I know it was a I, rock. If I do alien in my sentence, then it counts. Okay, it so an alien baby is what? what was... <laughs> burst into flames. An alien baby is burst into flames. In an apparent hereditary phenomena, a seven-day-old infant in Tamil Nadu suddenly went up in flames, leaving doctors treating him mystified. Well, that's less funny now you've given us the details. <laughs> His family said the infant's older sibling also had a similar experience as fire flames started to leap from his body before doctors could successfully treat him. The infant was rushed to the government-run Kilpao Medical College in Chennai. Where? Where's that? <laughs> I missed that. Kilpai. Kilpai. In Chennai. Medical College in Chennai. I don't even I don't know, what, know. This, what country is this based on what you're telling me. No idea, okay. Florida. <laughs> China. <laughs> it's Florida. The doctors there attributed uh -huh. the condition to a rare disease that produces concentrated combustible gas from inside the body. <laughs> Hang on, I've got that. <laughs> My dad gets that on Boxing Day, the Through day after tiny Christmas. tiny gaps in the skin. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it makes that really high-pitched squeaking sound. It's a lot of combustible gases on the inside trying to get out through small holes. I knew you'd make fun of that. It's true. <laughs> so what happened to the child? The, that particular, the sec, this is the second child in the family. Okay. Now. The second child ended up with some minor in, burn injuries on his foot, whereas the first one suffered 10 degree burns. Ooh. And that one suffered them at two and a half months old. This you, one suffered it upon birth. 
I bet their diapers are going up in flames. You'd have to walk around when you with a suit made of a kind of fire blanket. At the very end, it says they added that the combustible gas leaking from skin hole could cause varying degrees of burn injuries. Wow. Wow. This, this explains in many respects the idea of... Uh, aliens. Of aliens from yes. Florida. Combustion. <laughs> human spontaneous combustion. On the theme of wearing a suit made out of fire retardant blankets, this is how Heather gets into church. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Minus. No, there's points to be had there. That's at least one there, right there. Fabulous. <sighs> we are... At the end of the round that is, believe it or not, UFOs and cryptozoology. <laughs> Somehow or another, there was Florida cats and combustible babies from a country of so far unknown origin. <laughs> For more informative paranormal madness, please stay tuned after these short messages from our sponsors. The Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets bi-monthly to discuss all things paranormal. The group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien abductions, cryptozoology, Bigfoot, cats being run over by cars, crop circles, exploding diapers and ghosts. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where, why and how of these phenomena. Meetings are from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time in the Banquet Room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park. For more information, visit their website, lapig.org. For people who believe that standing in a cold, dark basement in the middle of the night for hours on end is perfectly normal. The Minnesota chapter of the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Centre, New Brighton, Minnesota, Meetings are from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos and guest speakers. Anyone with an interest in UFOs is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or knows someone who has, this is the place to be. Meeting agendas, driving directions and tons of UFO information can be found at mnmufon.org. If you wish to be one of the show's sponsors and hear your business or product advertised by the dulcet tones of an eccentric Englishman live on air, going out to the nation and beyond, please contact the show. I would love to hear from you. You are listening to the very best in live paranormal digital radio with your host, Adrian Lee, and in the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. I'm your host, famous for being banned in Lithuania and for the annoying inability to say abominable snowman live on air, although I have been practising between Series 1 and now Series 2. Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. If you've just joined us, then where have you been? And what could have been more important? If you have stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still left to go. Hurrah and a happy dance around the bedroom, high fives all around. Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee, where all of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolour for your perusal, including all the photographs and videos that accompany our stories. You can also write to me and send me your stories at nqta at rocketmail.com and at my Twitter account, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips, T-I-P-S. 
I have now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. I have fresh flashlight batteries, and my mother has now stopped thankfully snoring from the room next door. So we march into the third round that is the bizarre and strange stories from around the world that didn't fit any other category but were deemed to be too fantastical, too bizarre, too strange to not read out live on air. Where are we going tonight, Heather? In fact, we've pointed to Kim. Kim, where are we going tonight in the round of the bizarre and strange? Does that mean you don't have any stories for this round or does it come afterwards? It comes out. Oh, you're timing it. I see. Okay. Well, thank you for telling me before the show started. You're welcome. Very beneficial to me. Thank you. (laughs) So that point before the show started, when I said, is there anything I need to know about your stories on how many of you got for each round? You didn't think at any moment you thought you'd jump in and tell me that. Yes. Okay, fabulous. Kim, (laughs) what have you got first in the round tonight of the bizarre and the strange? Smelling farts may be good for your health. (sighs) Well, let me make you feel a whole lot better. (laughs) The next time someone at your office lets out a silent but deadly emission, (laughs) maybe you should thank them. (laughs) I'm feeling better already. It's amazing. That's made me feel... My headache's gone. (laughs) Yeah. How's your sore throat? (laughs) (laughs) a new study at the university of exeter in england oh imagine where it's being done yes to be fair exeter is in devon and they're a bit strange down there they've got web feet and one eye in their forehead (laughs) the study suggests that exposure to hydrogen sulfide aka what your body produces as bacteria breaks down food causing gas could prevent mitochondria damage there we go we don't want that do we Mm-mm. yep the implication is what you're thinking people are taking the research to mean that smelling farts could prevent disease and even cancer wow <laughs> well i'm fit and healthy i don't know about anyone else <laughs> nothing wrong with me i'm fit as a fiddle a1 <laughs> is it someone else's or your own do you have to smell someone else's or can well, you it get could, a- it could be from rotten eggs oh i see okay they're actually they're taking it seriously <laughs> and they're reproducing this and using it at large doses. You know, we've you've heard of people in motel rooms, men. <laughs> sorry, you're talking <laughs> who about have men. So much flatulence that in the small hotel room that they've actually died. This is true. What? You're making that up. No, I'm not I am having not. that. No, I'm sorry. In large <laughs> doses, what evidence? <laughs> in large doses, you can actually die from it in a small con- confined area. So let me let me just so in hang small on, hang on. Doses. stop talking. <laughs> So you're telling me, you're telling me that a large man who's very gassy in a small motel room can kill himself by overindulging in flatulence. And it has happened. (laughs) I don't know whether to ring the bell or swear. So remember that when you go to sleep tonight. I'll make sure the windows are open and it's a large, well-ventilated room. Look it up on the internet. Sarah, don't believe I'm sorry. You're making it up. You'll be telling me about the tooth fairy next. There goes another joy of yours. Removing all the things I enjoy in life. That's terrible. You'll be telling me I'll be going blind next due to self abuse. You are starting to go cross eyed. (laughs) Well, apparently it's good for me and it makes me healthy. Yeah, you won't get cancer. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> a, yeah, you'll be asphyxicated if such a word exists. That's terrible. Well, you've made me laugh, Kim. So you are clawing back the points. I shall give you four for that. You're now on a resplendent 
five. I'm going to read a story now because <laughs> I dread to think what you've got to come <laughs> after that. And before the next, no high fives, no. <laughs> before the next show, I want definitive proof that farting in a confined space in a motel room in a. Why, why has it not been the case then that a large flatulent man hasn't been sleeping next to a woman who's then died as a result of that? Is he is he then accused of murder? Is that not a case of murder? <laughs> murder by flatulence. You must have seen that on the telly. Hercule Poirot, murder by flatulence. No? Okay. <laughs> Just me then. Okay. Two bears struggle to find a new home because they're both alcoholics. <laughs> this is like Yogi Bear, the, the, the wilderness years. <laughs> Two homeless bears are struggling. He never got any work once that cartoon finished. Did you know that? The ranger had a pension. He was fine. Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. <laughs> a couple of alcoholics. <laughs> ah, two homeless bears are struggling to find new homes because they're alcoholics. A British animal charity is appealing for help in finding a home for the bear who were confiscated from a Russian restaurant. I didn't even know bears went to restaurants in Russia. Who knew? Anna Kogan from the British Big Hearts Foundation said they were struggling to find somewhere in Europe that was capable of taking them. I love the fact that even the animals in Russia are alcoholics. The country's that bad. She said the problem is that they're alcoholics and it's even more difficult to wean bears off alcohol than it is with humans. Well, obviously, stop them going into liquor stores and stop serving them would be my advice. Experts also said alcoholic bears suffer all the same problems that humans do, including unpredictable tempers and withdrawal symptoms. Apparently, one went home, posted some outrageous comments on Facebook and then made a bacon sandwich. (laughs) The two bears were confiscated by a court in Sochi after they were found lying amid rubbish and debris at the local restaurant. They were used as an attraction by the restaurant owner who allowed customers to buy the bears drinks which made them alcoholics. The owner rejected the suggestion that it was cruel. He explained beer is good for the bears because of Sochi and the climate. Because bears don't have nice fur coats to keep them warm, of course. I'm waiting for the next Paddington Bear film, The Lost Weekend, where he swaps marmalade sandwiches for sniffing cocaine off the arse of two hookers. What? So if anyone has a home... For two alcoholic Russian bears, then uh, you need to get in contact with the Big Hearts Foundation. Perhaps there should be a foundation for people that have flatulence in hotel rooms called Big Farts Foundation. That would be a way to raise money, wouldn't it? People can die in unventilated motel rooms if you've just had... Now you're stating it as a fact. And you just made fun of Kim for thinking it was not true. I'm thinking if it is true... We need to do something about it. I think that, that could is your be... new cause for 2015. Yes, motel rooms, <laughs> underventilated, flatulent men. There's people dying out there. Alcoholic f- bears. Alcoholic bears. There's so many good babies causes. bursting into flames. Cats with one eye throwing themselves in front of cars. Named in lucky suicide pits. <laughs> good old one-eyed lucky. I'm hoping to get one-eyed lucky tonight. We shall see what happens. Heather, I'm interested now to see what follows the story of exploding babies and flatulent motel owners. Frenchman creates... I just have to say that I've centered a lot of my stories around Valentine's Day for this fun episode. But I just want to let you know, Frenchman creates Valentine's Day fart pills. That is the French... 
What? Creating fart pills. You've heard of them before? Yes, they're wedged between Germany, Belgium and Spain. <laughs> What's wrong with you? There's 60 million of them. <sighs> Christian Poincaval. Who? Yeah, Poincaval. Uh, 65 from northwestern France has added a special Valentine's Day product to his array of scented flatulence pills designed to make wind less odious. Charcoal tablets. No, they're scented. They're scented. Not like a she could fart lavender. Campfire. I have to say, before you go any further, I know what you're going to say. That I took some Beano <laughs> <laughs> only recently. And Beano does not exist in Britain. So if anyone's listening to this outside of America... <laughs> we'll send you some. How would you describe Beano? It smells of crayons. Well, it does for me. I'm asking you to describe <laughs> the product, not the smell. Oh, I thought you wanted to tell you what colour crayon. <laughs> Brown. <laughs> I took some Beano and it's meant to... Um, disperse gases in a more natural way i guess it did nothing for me in terms of frequency but the smell ended up being very waxy like crowns i was farting rainbows for a week i've never seen anything like it it was fantastic crayola has a lot to answer for <laughs> so what what flavors are we getting he has made new ginger scented pills <laughs> <laughs> that means loved up couples don't have to worry about committing any faux pas on the most romantic day of the year. Do you he, see what you did there? You put a French word into that sentence. I know, right? Uh, he chose ginger because of its fabled aphrodisiac qualities. Say it with love. Say it with love. <laughs> Flavor your farts with ginger. <laughs> it reads the advert. For Hang the on, pills. there's a hint of coriander in there as well. <laughs> Um, he has actually been involved in homeopathy and claims... Homeopathy? That, yeah. Okay. <laughs> claims all natural herbal medicine not only facilitates intestinal transit... Tes but, testicular transit? Yes, but oh. also neutralizes the odor of the gas let out. According to the website that sells the pills, which also come in rose and violet scents, possibly even lavender. That's better. Yeah, I prefer that. I don't want uh, ginger. Be like a Chinese restaurant. The herb mixture also helps to reduce bloating. Okay. You know, in case you feel bloated. Or bloat knife usually does yeah. the trick. Um, his idea actually came uh, six years ago after a disagreeable dinner with friends. We had just come back from Switzerland and we were eating a lot with our friends and the smell from the flatulence was really terrible. We couldn't breathe. Oh, <laughs> maybe they were in a hotel room. And so me and a friend decided to do something about it. Stop farting. <laughs> um, the packet of pills will sell for nineteen ninety nine for a packet of 60 And according to the inventor, they have been approved by French health authorities. I like the idea that you could do some controlled tests where you could take different scents, line up people and then get people to work <laughs> out what it is. So you could sit there with your trousers down. And there's someone there with a blindfold on. It's a controlled test. You hear, and it's like, apple? Is that apple? Am I getting a hint of apple? With cinnamon. Cinnamon. Maybe a bit of cinnamon. Cinnamon. It's quite... Smells a little swampy. 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 Like a lagoon. Smells like a lagoon. Earthy. It's one of the bass notes quite earthy. It's musky. Almost like a moss on a log. What's wrong with you? Hang on a second, I'm getting citrus. You could do that. You could label that. Find out. Yes, Beano smells 
like crayons. Only for me. I don't know what it's like for other people, but it smelled very crown-like. <laughs> Random I'm testing, sure. giving it to people. <laughs> it took it took me back to the age of four or five in kindergarten. I was just there. Where you used to eat them. Yes, yeah, stick them up my nose and in my ear. There's been many a trip to the hospital with a crown wedged up my nose, I can assure you. <laughs> I have another story. You will get points. Uh, not for it, telling our listeners, of course, that I take Beano. But I should give you three. That now puts you on a resplendent eight. Who knew such things? I've got a story here that says Barking Pig, rescued from Slaughterhouse, now thinks he's a dog and will even sit and stay. Sit, Fido. (laughs) Fella. His name's Fella. Fella the pig is a real-life babe who goes for walks on a lead, answers commands to sit and wait and even tries to bark like a dog. The crossbreed was rescued from a slaughterhouse by owners, Emily Keats, when he was just three months old. Hang on a second. A crossbreed. So this had this, this animal must have had a parent. Some point, some dog has had sex with a pig, right? If it's a crossbreed and it's saying it's half dog, half pig, I didn't think this was possible. You're looking at me as if I'm mad. I'm reading this out. It's in black and white. It was in the Daily Mirror. But if it's a crossbreed, does that not suggest that at some point a dog has had sex with a pig? Which then leads me to think, did the dog feel bad the next morning when he woke up and realised he'd had sex with a pig? Or did the pig wake up and think, oh my God, I was with a dog last night? I mean, who do you think's got it worse there? That's what I was thinking. (laughs) The vegan couple couldn't bear the thought of him being turned into sausages and took him home to live with their three small terrier dogs. Sales worker Emily, 25, from Soham, Cambridge, said, We're head over heels in love with Fella. He's so affectionate and precious. I'll never forget the day we rescued him from the meat farm. I've seen a video called Meat Farm. It was quite haunting. All the pigs were squealing. It was as if they were crying out for help, and we both knew we had to take Fella home with us. The farmer said he would be turning him into sausages, the thought of which makes me feel sick and disgusted. She then contacted a meat farm, and the farmer agreed she could visit and buy one of the piglets for $120. For the couple who wanted a female pig, it was love at first sight when the farmer put teeny Fella in their hands, only to find out that he was in fact boy this is the round not for your mother it is the final round of the night it's the round where there's stories from around the world that couldn't have been read out well we've proved that to be false of course this is the point of the show where if your mother is easily offended if you have minors in the room if you have people that perhaps won't be happy about the things they're about to hear you need to shuffle them off to a pig farm or maybe out to a place where they're experimenting with fart pills in france somewhere on the outskirts of paris in a factory and remove them from the room. This is the not for your mother round. So tonight, Kim, what have you got for me in the round of not for your mother? You are currently on six <laughs> points. You are two points off the lead. It is all to play for. Is this another gift? Yes. Tell me it's a gift. Yes. Yes. It's a gift. Hot new trend in men's fashion. Okay. We're all listening because I like to be fashionable. Visible penis. Okay. A sure highlight of this season's menswear shows during Paris Fashion Week, the Rick Owens Fall Winter 2015 collection. It's the bloody French again, isn't it? What's wrong with them over there? It's all snails and frogs legs and it affects their brain. Keep in mind, I'm reading this article. These are not my words. Okay. If you love dick, that is. Okay. Or if you're a guy who loves a breeze running along your foreskin and balls on a cool ball afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) That was almost Shakespearean. 
That was almost poetic. Let me read that. Bring it over here. Pass that. Pass that news. Hang on a second. This is such a waste. I was reading it, wasn't I? I didn't make that up. If you're a guy who loves a breeze running along your foreskin and balls on a cool fall <laughs> afternoon. They go on to talk about three different parts of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Writes William Van Meter in a review of the Owen show for the cut, 2015 is shaping up to be about the bulge in fashion land. So this is from a fashion magazine you're now reading yes. this. Okay. How exciting. After a series of conventional menswear looks, and that's conventional by Owen's grunge rock a cop, I can't even say it. Rock ellipse, sportswear, Rock. aesthetic. Okay. At least the collection skewed toward rampant voyeurism and exposed peens akimbo. No one wants a large collection, do they? <laughs> but was it spiritual, maybe? Godly, <laughs> saintly. Then a kind of religious tribal element seeped in with shift-like robes, some dangling with fluttering materials reminiscent of wind chimes. So there was seepage, <laughs> wind and, wind, seepage and wind chimes. Some of them had an arched peephole opening revealing the model's manhood. Seepage and wind chimes are my attorneys, I might add. They're very this, good. I love their play on words. This actually heightened the religiosity aspect. It wasn't done in bad taste, but it was mysterious, like sending out bold fertility gods. Yeah, you don't want it to leave a bad taste in your mouth, do you? <laughs> or, without much of that pseudo-religious, phallus-worshipping context, it's like an extra neckline or collar stitched in the mon- monastic-style garments. Of course, the only head pe- poking out is, well, it's a glands. So basically, it's a hole in a pair of trousers with your twig and berries poking through, is where yep. you're going. Okay. Oh, and the penises flopped, Van Meter writes. Though <laughs> so that's a description presumably of their motion on the runway, not of their stature. Remember, it's not nice to shame fashion models for their physiques. Or their religion. <laughs> Speechless. Awe and wonder. Definitely some awe did and I wonder. Did I catch up? You did catch up. You're now on eight. You have a nice round resplendent eight. I'm going to chip in here with a story that says dad rubbed chili on his manhood before being beaten to death. Now, are we talking like chili the pepper or like chili bowl of chili? I'm sure he's not making love to bowls of chili. He's, he's, he's a proper... Didn't we do a story about that once? Yes, we did. Yes. I'm not touching sour cream again. <laughs> um, this gentleman's using a pepper. Good. Yes. Good. A dad was allegedly beaten to death and chopped up by his mates. Chopped up? By his mates, yeah, his mates. After performing a series of bizarre stunts, including rubbing a fiery chilli on his penis, a court heard. I guess that's a bell-end pepper. Good times. The man's friends deny murdering the 39-year-old South African man who lived in Dagenham, Essex. What Is special- that England again? <laughs> Do you know what's special about Dagenham in Essex? Olympics? Yes, the Dagenham Olympics. Yes. <laughs> That's hundred... where you were born. <laughs> Kim, you shall have extra points. It was where I was born. You are now you on don't. That's nine. That's not a you... challenge that everybody does there, is it? No, if you had a Dagenham Olympics, it would be the 400 yards running with woman's handbags stolen from Asda, and there'll be the 200 yards. That's the dash, huh? That's the dash. (laughs) How many cars you can break into in under a minute would be another one. Jumping over a wall to escape from the police would be another. Strong-arming your wallet so nobody steals it. This is true. This is the Dagenham Olympics. But yes, (laughs) this has taken place in Dagenham, the very place that is written on my passport and birth certificate as the place that I was in fact 
born. Excellent. It says, but things turned violent when the man was pinned down and attacked with weapons, including a hammer and a blade, a court heard. An angler discovered leg, a leg, in a White Hart Lake. It's called the White Hart Lake. It's near Dagenham. I used to go fishing there for condoms when I was a kid. Oh. Yeah, I once caught a 10-inch black rib tickler. I've got it in a frame above the fireplace. Um, <laughs> God. It's a very rare beast. Yes, this man found a leg. He was angling. He found a leg in White Hart Lake in Dagenham, Essex, after first mistaking it for a dead fish. So I'm guessing he's not been fishing for very long. Oh. Do you remember the days when you used to entertain yourself late in the evening on a Saturday with games from Scrabble and charades? Because apparently now it's all about rubbing peppers into your bits and pieces, taking photographs on your cell phone and video footage, pretending you're in an episode of Jackass, and then chopping up your mates with an axe. That's disgusting. I miss the good old days. Apparently, these are just distant memories. But this is what happened. Apparently, they were trying to reenact the show Jackass. I don't remember Jackass ever chopping anyone up. Well, that that was in the edit. That was that you have to buy the DVD and get the extra. Oh, spot. the extra. That was the, <laughs> one the of extra. the. That was the DVD extra. I do remember the chili though. Strangely, what enough. caused them to do that? Any? Does it say in the story? Are yeah, you, they come from Dagenham. That's it. <laughs> if you're bored on a Saturday, yes, I'm sure they decided it would be funny to beat him up and video it or something, and it all went. Well, wrong. okay, I'll wow. give them that much, but the whole dismembering, I don't. I understand. think the dismembering happened. I don't have the facts in front of me, but I would make an educated guess that dismembering happened after they realised the body was in fact dead, and they they needed to get rid of the body. Is my understanding of how that happened? Do they find the rest of him? Apparently not. So if you find a couple of arms <laughs> or a leg knocking around, be sure to contact Don't Essex. Don't eat at your mom's house. Essex Constabulary. Don't do it. Yes, it's a one-armed bandit on the loose. Pre-seasoned. Nice Pre-seasoned. Tip. He's yeah. South African, so whatever South African tastes like. I have no idea. Kim, you've already had your stories. Heather. You are one point off the lead. Kim is in the lead at the moment with nine points. You are on eight. I am currently on seven. Greg is on three. In fact, I'm going to give Greg four for the routine with the mouse. It was very impressive. Um, <laughs> Kim went upstairs in the interval to get some cheese. I'm not sure, I'm sure what she's going to do with that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Heather, not for your mother. Final round. You are one point off the lead. Did I mention that I was helping our listeners with their Valentine's gifts this year? You had previously mentioned 15 to 20 minutes ago that with Valentine's Day pressing, imminent, you were going to advise... Help them. Help them. I'm helping. You're helping them. If it wasn't Remember that in this last story. Okay, I shall bear that in mind. Up close and personal, Raina Terror, cheeky alternative model, gets anus cast in bronze statue... Anus cast, bronze statue. That's right. Somewhere to keep your letters. That's right. Fabulous. Uh, Most women undergo traditional beauty treatments such as facials, haircuts, and manicures and pedicures to preserve their youth. I've had a pedicure. Yes, I know you have. Yes, I don't want to talk about it live on air, but needed to say the little Chinese woman that attacked my feet with a potato peeler will be hearing from my attorney at some (laughs) point in the near future. And I wasn't personally responsible for Hiroshima. What what color did you pick? I forgot. Hot pink is the one I went with in the end. <laughs> um, vajazzling, vagina facials, and most recently... A vagina facial? Where can I get one of them? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it did remove my blackheads. Oh, Adrian Edward. Uh, I know and- I'm in trouble when Heather uses my middle name. <laughs> 
and most recently, anus casts have joined the list of beauty trends. Anus cast sounds like some sort a of band. A, yeah, <laughs> their third album was the best, I thought. But a, a, anal cast just went downhill once they did Live Aid. <laughs> well, this woman uh, decided to have her anus cast for a bronze statue. And she did it on YouTube, so we could always post the video. Uh, along with her bum chum, Magnus Irvin, and his partner, Michael Ritzema. So these, so we're looking at two gay men and a woman who's having her ass cast. Yes, and you should see the position she needs to get into in order to have that accomplished. Yes, I'll be looking for that later. <laughs> Tara's re- reasoning behind bronzing her butthole was purely to get my brown star turned into oh, bronze ornament. An ornament? Did you say ornament? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> You're back down to seven. I'm not having what? that. There's no I'm way. I'm reading it. I'm not even making it up. You can't say that on air. I just did. It I know, was real. And that's why you've lost it's the real. point. It's real. You can see it I on YouTube. Um, I like trying Is to it experience. No. Okay. I like trying to experience new things, even if they're weird things. I don't want to get older and regret not having my butt bronzed. Yes, we all we all regret not doing that in our <laughs> That's youth. on my bucket list. Yes, I've had a sack crack and ring. <laughs> I just. If you're out there and listening, Sally, I still owe you for that. <laughs> um, nearly ripped my bum grapes out. I tell you, we had to reinsert them with a shoe on. Although it seems like Terror may be one of the cheeky few to spread her bum wide, Irvin and Ritzma have made a business of sculpting anuses for years. The bronzers have a company called Edible Anus, which produces chocolate made from the mold created with an actual human anus for 15 years. It's all been farts and bottoms today, isn't it? Episode and one, Valentine's series two. I was hoping we'd turn over a new leaf. We've turned it over. <laughs> <laughs> series, it's the underside. I thought series two, episode one, we'll do, very, we'll do all the news. We'll talk about all the things that happen in the paranormal. We'll discuss ghosts. We'll discuss hauntings. And buttholes. And, and this is where we end up. Yes. Okay. Um, Irvin was his very first anus cast client. He unapologetically says in the video, the first time I ever tried to do the cast of an anus, I tried to do my own. I had to wait until my missus had gone out and my son had gone to school. Yes, because you couldn't do it with them in the house. <laughs> I went into the kitchen and I mixed up the elginate, and I poured it into my bum. Well, I took my trousers off, and I put my knees on either side of me, and I poured the stuff into my bum, and it ran past my nuts and onto my face. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there, haven't we? Uh, He goes on to state, you can't get it out of your pubic hair. It sets. Is there much more of this story? Yeah, Can you kind of bring it to a conclusion? (laughs) Does it hurt or what? (laughs) Um, it's not too late to get and give a bronzed anus as a Valentine's gift, <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing. Either way, bottoms up. If you wanted a big ass for your Valentine's Day, you'd have stayed with your ex, wouldn't you? That's true. <laughs> Hurrah! I, I just wanted to say one other thing. I had found a story. you said enough? No. <laughs> uh, I was looking for a story and I lost it about this butt whistle. <laughs> <laughs> And it really is a whistle that you insert into your butt. And I couldn't find it anymore. So, it, so anyway. I tried typing in butt whistle. And what did you find? That they have a movie called Butt Whistle. Baby some butt whistle. And I'm not joking. It's like so. walking with a lisp, isn't it? Do you get like... 
Just sat at home. My mother sat at home thinking the kettle's boiling. She's been in the kitchen twice looking for the kettle. I'm really sad about that. I'm sorry too. All of us are sorry that you've not found the butt whistle story. It's that every time you fart, the dog goes mad and howls and wanders around. Head tilts to the side a little. his head to one side to try and get a better listen. Oh, sweet. You're welcome. Jesus. <laughs> Isn't it typical of a woman that they'll tell you all the things that you could have got or could have had, but didn't get them? I saw this fabulous gift for you, but I didn't get it. And then proceeds to tell you about it. I saw this amazing thing that you'd really like, but I didn't get it. I, I never found do a that. story never do it. about a butt whistle, and I haven't got that story, but I'm going to tell you about it. Do you want points for a story about a story you never even read out? Is that where you're going? Yes. I did have this story. It was very funny, very informative, and everyone was laughing, but I failed to bring it with me. I'll give myself two points. <laughs> the final story tonight in more questions than answers, if we're even still on air at this stage. Ah, this teddy bear apparently is the nastiest sex toy you've ever seen. You've grown up. Now your teddy has two. That's the questionable yet awesome premise behind Teddy Love. A cute little stuffed teddy bear with a vibrator inside. Yep, or as Teddy's creator Dawn Harmon describes him, a unique, discreet and lovable adult bear. Teddy's nose contains 10-speed battery-powered motor, giving him some serious lady-pleasuring powers. He also has a retractable tongue as well. Users can control the vibrations with a gentle pinch of Teddy's ear. Imagine swapping them up and getting them muddled up when your grandchildren come to visit. One of the most curious aspects of this story... Grandma, why is Teddy sticking his tongue in and out? I don't know why your grandchildren have a Dickensian East London accent. I just, you know, it was the first one that came to mind. One of the most curious aspects of this story is the way Teddy is marketed as a non-embarrassing alternative to buying an actual vibrator. But I think Teddy Bear's that give you oral pleasure via its tongue and nose is slightly more awkward than a plastic electrical device. Plus, there's got to be something unsanitary about a sex device that's covered in polyester fur. The bear apparently has refused to comment, but said that being forced to perform sexual acts is what turned him into an alcoholic. (laughs) I'm just thinking as the bear... (laughs) There's a problem when the back of the bear's head is bald. (laughs) (laughs) grandma why's your teddy's head got no fur on it he's got alopecia put him back mange it's mange (laughs) it's mange grandma's teddy bear's got mange where's the love we used to cuddle well all good things come to an end including the teddy's hair so let us look before before next week's show. I'm going to buy a teddy bear in a charity shave shop, and I'm going to shave its head, and we're going to have it sat on the table in front of us, and it's going to be our mascot, and we should call him Gavin. Well, all good things come to an end. So look us, let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, with the sleeping baby mouse, the K2 meter with the dead battery, it is Greg on four points. And in a resplendent first place, it is Kim with nine points. She wins the $33,000 IR camera, a pack of AAA batteries and a teddy bear. Heather and myself are tying in second place with seven points 
each. But do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal. Strange, intriguing, bizarre, weird. Intriguing. Intriguing. Farting, (laughs) bears, suicidal cats with one eye, exploding diapers and black currant cordial that flies off of bars. Please tell your friends and family about the show, especially if you don't like them. And feel free to contact me anytime via our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com. You can also join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips the International Paranormal Society, of course. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Chaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore, and all at the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening to episode one of our second series. And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.